today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So Bend is one of the outcomes from that team is to build that out. Um, and that was a years long process. We've been, this team has been in place since the summer of 2017. Um, and we have four ideas that the team has graduated into an early stage commercialization uh, that the team no longer manages. And there are varying degrees of, of learnings and success, but there's over 40 ideas that we've taken along and killed. Um, and that's equally important is, is you have to spin through these concepts quickly um, and iterate on them and pivot on them. And that's really the startup model. It's how do you operate like that in a legacy company? Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm your host, Tearsheet's editor, Zach Miller. Whenever I've spoken about transformation of traditional banks, I point to Goldman Sachs building Marcus, its new Main Street brand. But look around the industry, and there aren't a lot of good stories of digital transformation. Even Goldman is trying, but it isn't clear that Marcus is working financially, even though it has attracted a lot of deposits. And that's why stories about a traditional institution evolving into something new are so compelling. It's just really hard to do. Mark Butterfield heads innovation for the First National Bank of Omaha, and he and his team recently launched Bend, a credit card as a service offering that's competitive to fintechs in the space. Mark shares how he went about creating a startup within the bank that made the most of its resources and institutional knowledge and experience to punch above its weight. We discussed the new product, Bend, and its work with Greenlight to launch a credit card used by families and kids. Mark Butterfield is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, Zach. Um, I'm Mark Butterfield. I'm the Senior Vice President of Innovation and Disruption here at First National Bank of Omaha, or FMBO. And I also head up our recently launched Bend by FNBO program, which is a credit card as a service offering from FNBO. Uh, and welcome to the show, Mark. We we spoke about Bend and 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 what it is uh, when we were just in Money 2020 in Vegas. And I'd love to to get a rundown. Let's start first with Bend the product, and then I'd love to sort of pull the curtain back and hear about the Genesis story there. Yeah. No. Great. Thanks. Uh, so Bend by FNBO, we. Uh, officially announced the launch this summer, but we had been working on it um, really for years. But I would say in earnest and executing on the team was May of last year. Um, what it is, is it's a credit card as a service offering. Um, it allows brands to embed a digital card experience, credit card experience in their own digital experience via consumable embeddable APIs. Um, so the great thing about it is the bank already does partnership card issuing. We've been doing it for 50 years. We're really good at it. Um, but like a lot of banks, we have old technology and proven processes, and it works. It's a great program. It's a great product. But when you want to do things in real time, when you want to do things digital first, um, you have to transform that technology. And so what we learned is there was a whole segment of customers that wanted it delivered differently in real time, non-batch, digital first, API first. And we disrupted ourselves with this team, Ben by FMBO team. And, and so we brought a lot of people from the bank into it, but we also brought a lot of outsiders that could help embed the gaps around talent, around engineering and product that we did not have. And so that's what we launched. And just recently, what we talked about is we launched our first partner on that platform, which was Greenlight, which is a money app for teens and kids. And, and they're a great program, a great digital experience. And they were the ideal customer because 
they wanted to own that experience and embedded a credit card product into that experience. And the nuances of that um, are really important. But what I'll say generally is and to allow those builders at Greenlight to build an experience, they needed both the tech and the experience because we have to help them and guide them on the complexities of credit card. Um, but they want it consumed in a very easy way. And that was in conjunction with our great strategic partnership with Marketa to enable those APIs to be able to be delivered in that way. And Mark, I, I love your title that includes both innovation and disruption. Um, yeah. And I think when a lot of banks look at, you know, okay, we want to launch something like this to build, partner, buy, um, you guys essentially created an in-house incubator to, to build this thing. And so maybe we could talk about why, why, why you made that decision to, to actually to, to, to launch this startup within a bank, really. Yeah. And that was our chat earlier, right, Zach? It was, uh, it was tell me the story about Ben by FMBO and, and these things don't happen all of a sudden. They, they, they happen over years. And this idea of Ben by FMBO really came out of the macro trend of open banking and banking as a service that that innovation team and disruption team that we talked about uh, had been researching for two years, uh, for actually two years, even prior to last year. So the last three years we've been thinking about it. And that team um, well, first of all, I'll say the the end disruption part of the title was an intentional ad by me because if I uh, pick off people at the bank, I say, well, disruption's in my title. So why, you know, I mean, it's a great calling card. Work with me here. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it really is intentional about the mission of the team. And, and our mission is to identify and respond to banking business model threats. So if you think of um, a way to think about it is Clayton Christensen's um a lot of his models we, we, we adapt and adopt. And so the idea of disruptive innovation and how it needs to coexist with sustainable innovation is a real thing. And so this team that, that we, the innovation and disruption team is a small, scrappy, but focused team. And their mission is to look at disruptive innovation and share it with the rest of the bank, but also respond to it potentially. And so Bend is one of the outcomes from that team is to build that out. Um, and that was a years long process. We've been, this team has been in place since the summer of 2017. Um, and we have four ideas that the team has graduated into an early stage commercialization uh, that the team no longer manages. And there are varying degrees of, of learnings and success, but there's over 40 ideas that we've taken along and killed. Um, and that's equally important is, is you have to spin through these concepts quickly um, and iterate on them and pivot on them. And that's really the startup model. It's how do you operate like that in a legacy company? Um, and that's something that we strive to do and, and hope to get better every year that we evolve this process. Amazing. And I, and I think it, it, the fact that you guys chose to do it this way must uh, allude to the, to, to, cultural, um, to the culture of FNBO. So, so maybe you could talk about what that culture is like so that, and maybe some of the hurdles you had to jump over to be able to, to launch this thing inside. Like, I, I think, I think a lot of our listeners will listen and say, well, I can't necessarily do that at my organization or that, that wouldn't be worth it. You know, the, the reputational capital to try to do that. What is it about the, the culture in your firm that, that enabled you to not only set your sights to do that, but to do it successfully and launch this product? Yeah, I, I think of a few different things. Um, but one is definitely uh, communicating with the executives, uh, C-suite, whatever people want to call it, and just having a conversation on, 
define innovation for yourself? Like, what do you think innovation means? Um, how would you define disruption? So it's like, okay, that's my title, but what do you guys think it means? And, and really being open and honest about what that means and, um, and really helping them understand the concept of sustainable innovation versus disruption innovation, disruptive innovation. So we brought a speaker in that used to work at Kodak and, and she talked about um, the scary part is the C-suite at Kodak saw digital photography happening. Um, they tried to do something about it and they still failed. Like mm. that should scare everybody. It's not like Blockbuster didn't know Netflix was coming. Um, that's what everybody thinks of management. They didn't all of a sudden get dumb. Right. They didn't like, have their fingers in wanted, their ears or eyes right, closed. Yeah. yeah. They wanted, they saw a change. They wanted to do it. They couldn't operate with their team culturally. Like that was the biggest concern in my opinion. So that was what we talked about a lot early on in 2017 and 2018 is how do we get alignment with the C-suite on what this team's mission is and how do we create a process that can share what we're learning? Um, and so that buy-in to your point is first and foremost. So when people ask me how I'm able to quote, get away with it at the bank, I don't get away with anything. Like I share and am transparent with everything that we're doing and why we're doing it, but it's about a mindset shift with the executives of getting buy-in because they're in meetings all day to have to solve problems and say, if I spend this amount of money, I need this amount of return. And those are all right decisions. But the sliver of time I get, it's shifting their mindset to you're paying to learn. We have learning KPIs with this team. Um, we have a modest budget. I mean, it's not a huge budget on the team. It's four to six people. We have 5,000 employees and there's four to six people dedicated to this group. Um, wow. But their mission is very clear and they need to work really fast and we need to empower them to explore. And so everything is counterintuitive to what almost every other department is, but we have to figure out a way to coexist to your point for that culture to work. And it also helps uh, in two other things I would say. One, we're a privately held bank. Um, so it's, it's much easier to have that conversation with the CEO when he's thinking 30 years out versus a CEO that's thinking three years out, right? Or five years out or the next earnings next call. quarter, right? Yes. So we use that to our advantage. Uh, and we also use to our advantage the fact that it is in our bank's DNA. Change is part of our mission. I mean, we had, we've been around since before Nebraska was a state. Um, so we actually became a charter then and we had to amend it once Nebraska became a state. And it goes back to the Coons brothers having the only safe in town. I mean, that was very innovative back then. Um, and they had, they had to guard it with shotguns. And we were a, a founding member of Visa, the Visa Network. Um, so we have, if you go through our history, there is a history of change and innovation in the bank. And so we wanted to tie into that of, hey, this team needs to do it because we need to persist with what is already happening at the bank. And any company, when you look back, has innovation because they're successful. They got there because of they're standing on the shoulders of innovative people. And so that's what we embedded. That's what we embraced on the team. And that was the buy-in that we got from the executives. So I'd love to hear how some of those initial conversations went when when you and the team came up with this API first, you know, credit card issuance. Um, what were some of those early conversations like? What what, were, what was there pushback? What was and what was the nature of the pushback? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think the the main pushback was, aren't we already doing this today? We have a credit card issuing program. Mm -hmm. It is 
very successful. We have a really good reputation in this space. Um, why would we do something different? And, and that's why you have to flip the model when you're trying to do something disruptive, um, which is another key tenet of our team, which is desirability, feasibility, viability in that order. And when you are operating a current business, it's almost the exact opposite. Will what I spend make money? Will it be viable? And then we got to figure out a way to do it. And then I'm assuming our customers want it and are desire it, like because we already have the product. But when you're trying to do something new, you need to flip it around and say, what is it that we're exploring that customers want? Like, do they want this thing? And then you decide feasibly, should we do it? So actually the pushback was, was very little and it was because we took that approach and it was because it came out of this innovation team and it was about accessing new customers and new markets. So we said there's a quadrant of customers and mainly fintechs that are digital native that offer banking services that get debit card services from banks and they cannot offer credit. Like it's just that simple that they're not scaled up enough Um there's banks that don't want to issue credit cards. Like we have a whole market called agent banks that we issue cards to through banks because it's so complex. And so it was about, it wasn't about replacing or displacing our current issuing card business because we have three other quadrants of, of those groups that they serve and they do it well, but it was this upper right quadrant that I'm visualizing in my head. So I don't have it. I know it's on a podcast, but it's, it's highly digitally mature companies that offer banking services, which is essentially fintechs. Mm -hmm. And they want card delivered to them differently. And that was the research that we did and we showed internally and said, these aren't necessarily brands that the legacy programs want today, but a couple of them they do, like Greenlight. And there are going to be people moving into that quadrant constantly. Like Companies are getting digitally more mature every day. And so that was what we sold is about accessing new customers and new markets. And then when you get into the time to the mission that we did five years ago, which is about identifying and responding to new banking, that's how it all aligned. It was just a matter of, hey, is the person running that card business today going to be okay with it? And we brought him along in the process. Like, this is what we've seen. And so he views it as disrupting the market, not necessarily disrupting ourselves. Mm. And because we've gone greenfield, he also views it as he's learning with the tools and the and the systems that we're doing. Like we have a homegrown system of record that he uses today. We're using Marquetta's system of record. There's a ton of learning that we're going to get in terms of future build by partner to your earlier point. So it was actually the biggest difficulty was, hey, do we actually want to commit to the resources doing this? Um, but the what and the why were really well-established. And that was because of the, the groundwork laid by our innovation process and team. And um, kudos to you for having laid that groundwork, because I think that that, that, yeah, set, thank you. that set the, the context for success. I'm curious, though, how launching Ben, both as a, as a product and organizationally, how that's impacted your role within the firm. Yeah, it's been challenging. I, I've, I've, I've been at the bank. Uh, it'll be 21 years this month. Uh, I've always had, uh, I've never been in a role more than a like three or four years um, because I either get bored or the team gets too big. And I like smaller teams. Mm -hmm. I just, that's just kind of who I am. I'm kind of an entrepreneur, I guess, um, here at the bank. And so what I had to do is when we said we were going to go do this in May, part of the caveat was Butterfield, you need to run that team because I have card experience background. So there was a lot of trust there that I had um, as a leader here at the bank. 
And so I had to transition away from the innovation and disruption team and give that to another person to lead, but they still report to me. And it's been challenging because I, I, I feel like I'm part of that DNA, like you said, of what I built. Um, but I also need to be mindful of, hey, this is like a startup within the bank and we need to kind of build this team out. And so that transmission has been challenging, but what's been great is, and I know people say this, but it's true. Um, that's why it's a cliche. It's just the people you hire. So the, the people you bring on embed the values and the commitment and the dedication of what you want to do. And it makes it a lot easier to transition. But personally for me, it's been challenging because I, I like doing both and I know I can't do both. So I'm probably, I would say 90, 10. So I'm 90% of my time is spent by FMBO and 10% is the innovation and disruption team. I don't know if everybody on my teams would argue that that's the percentage, but that is how I'm trying to manage it today. Um, but it's been good so far. I, reading between lines, nobody gets enough of your time, you know, least <laughs> least of all yourself. Um, I, I, I hear that loud and clear. What what about the culture that you've created within this startup within the bank? Um, you, you mentioned bringing people over from the bank into it, and, and it sounds like you also brought in people externally. Um, how, how do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Um, we bring it up in our, our monthly all hands meeting, um, and there, and we're actually going to uh, put it on paper uh, in the coming weeks because we said we've got to relentlessly reinforce mm-hmm. what Bend is doing. There are values, and there's a culture that FMBO has, and we don't want to step on that. We want to add to that. We want to say, so what is this team doing that's additive to that culture and that values? And um, a lot of it's around empowerment. It's around allowing people to go do their work, um, have shared accountability, but specific accountability for functions. And that's what we, we really, we do. And, and, and uh, we had a uh, scrum master that was a contractor that recently moved on. And I had a kind of an exit interview with him because he was here from the beginning. And I asked him what he really liked about working here. And he goes, the freedom to do stuff. Wow. And he had worked at other banks. He had worked at other tech companies. And so he was a contractor. And I just asked him, how is what we're doing? What could we do better? But what actually are we doing really well that you haven't seen anywhere else? And he just basically said empowerment. And that really was um, was good to hear because that's what we try to focus on is allow people to go do their jobs. Um, it's not fail fast. It's It's learning and saying that, hey, you guys make the decision. You make the judgment calls. And um, our job as leaders is to just make sure you don't screw up too badly, or if we do, we'll fix it. And so that empowerment and that um, no fear of failure is really what embodies the Bend culture. And it's really what the leaders and the executives at the bank say they want more in the bank. It's like, why are our people just going and doing stuff? I'm like, well, we're a bank. You can't just do whatever you want. And that sometimes eats away at what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of what I would call learned helplessness that happens in large organizations and banks, especially because you have to watch out. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're a highly regulated industry. Like those things are all true, but how do you allow that empowerment? And when this scrum master told us we allow people to do stuff, that was just so good and refreshing to hear because that's what we're allowing in this team is, is empowerment and the, the no fear of failure. Amazing. And so, and so Ben launched in the summer and you just announced a named customer, Greenlight. Um, maybe we could talk about what the Greenlight product is. And I'd love to hear from you um, 
given the perspective now that you're in market, what, what you're hearing from customers and, and, and what they're looking for, what their needs are, if they've evolved over time as well? Yeah. So we launched in October. So it's still really ah. new with Greenlight. But what I will say is um, twofold. One, the Greenlight product is an amazing product. I actually was using it even before we talked to them. I have three kids. Um, they're older, so they're kind of out of their, their sweet spot. They would say parents of eight or seven to 15-year-olds are kind of their sweet spot market. Mm-hmm. And, and they do, honestly, this gets back to the purity of why fintechs exist. They, they built an experience that, honestly, banks should have done which is how are you doing a better job of engaging with your children on managing money and having those conversations? And they create this experience digitally um, that it, I, I just it's hard to explain that they have chore options, investing options, and they do it in a way, they just know their customers so well. Um, and, and the example I'll use is I have a 17-year-old daughter and um, I put through the Greenlight app, I said, you know, clean your room for $5. And she did it. And I'm like, she would never do it for $5. But the fact that she sees it in her wallet and like there's a chore thing there, it's just their experience is so well done. And so I knew that then. And what they have found if they have evolved as a company over the years is parents want to know more about finances. Like their parents, they're having this joint conversation as a family. So they want to evolve to a family ecosystem. And they also want to make sure how do they accelerate investing in, in their kids' accounts. And so they looked to credit card and said, at credit card, we can actually fund investing and rewards. We could build a rewards program and do that. And at the same time, we can help educate parents on the proper way to use responsible credit. And so that was why they wanted to put credit card in their, in their app. And so we just have what I, I hate to use this phrase, but it's true. It's an MVP version of their product. And I don't want to share what's on their roadmap, but I will say they have a larger vision for what they want to do with credit card and how they want to evolve that with the kids, but also with the parents. And their early feedback's really good. I mean, it's doing what we wanted it to do. It's, it's, it's a spend-based rewards program up to 3%. And uh, the main feature is to auto-invest it back into your kids' investment accounts. And I guess, um, given this is your first named customer, um, there's a lot of learning that goes after launching. Um, and, and, um, and I guess that skill set also is a little bit different than before you start interacting with customers as well. Um, can you talk maybe how, how Bend itself is organizing around, um, around having products in market now? Yeah, I think, um, I think from our perspective, there's still a lot of learning around product market fit. This mm-hmm. is a new market, even though credit cards isn't new, but how we deliver it is new. And it's, I still tell the team, we have to have a bias towards learning. Like what products that we're offering can be treated as products by themselves. And, and, the, and the analogy I like to use is there's, and this is not exact because there's hundreds of things, but there's 20 big things that you need to do to do credit card issuing really well. And what we have built on this platform is modularized all 20. So if you just want one piece of it, you know, rewards or underwriting or KYC, we've modularized all those pieces. But what we haven't done is productized them all yet. Mm. And it's because the market's new. It's like, does somebody just want us to do compliance for credit card? Because we could build a product around that. Do they want to just offer underwriting for credit cards? Do they want us to just do collections or servicing or embossing? Like there's all these things Hmm. that 
there's still a lot of market listening that we need to do. But the model that we've embraced, I would say, is the vertical model of if you want a credit card program and you want it through a bank, but you want it to be tech first, product led, API first, we will deliver that. There are non-banks in this space today. Um, they were in it before we launched. That was part of the learnings. And we felt like larger fintechs and even fintechs that want to grow up are going to want that tech, but they're going to want the safety and soundness of a bank. But a lot of them don't like working with banks. So that was the strategic partnership we did with Marketa. And we believe long-term, this is the future of credit card as a vertical, but this horizontal concept of, of these 20 services that we're providing for credit card, how can they be monetized and productized? And I think that's still the product market fit learning that we're doing. Mark, we have just a minute left in our conversation. I'm curious to know what uh, you have a lot on your plate, but what's, what's, what's your sort of big, hairy, audacious goals for, for Bend over the next few months into 2023? Yeah, I would say it is um, to continue to work with Greenlight as our first partner and learn a lot from them on what they want, because I believe they're at the forefront of offering banking services that people love. Um, and But my big goal, it would be to launch five more Greenlights. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think there are brands out there, um, digital brands that have a lot of debit card customers that would be well-placed to offer credit um, to their customers, to their customer base. And they should deliver, because they already deliver really good digital banking experiences today, offer it to them. So a shout out to all the large digital bank customer-facing fintechs to say, um, there's a lot of economic value and a lot of customer value for offering credit cards and they should do it and they should come work with that Ben by FNBO. Mark, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thanks, Zach.